Uh, my name is Lori, and we're reading from um, Daniel 6, um, 6 through 10. Sorry, I have to clean off my, my glasses. Okay, here we go. So these governors and satraps thronged, thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, the advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the, the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this, Medes maybe, and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the, written, that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as was his custom since early days. Daniel chapter 6 this day. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel, in this chapter, and he's like 85 years old. He's an old man. Anyone here 85 by any chance? Anyone 85 or more? Okay, no. So Daniel's 85 years old. Miss Joyce, how old are you, Miss Joyce? 83. You're almost Daniel age. You're almost there. Daniel's 85 years old. He's had a, he's had a long, rough life, Daniel has. When he was a young man, he lived in Jerusalem. He was a Jewish young boy, and life was good. And one day, Babylon came in and stole him away. He went into exile as a slave for 70 years of his life. Now, through the years of his life, God was with him, but he faced many, many obstacles. He, his life was forfeit and threatened multiple times. And through these years and decades of longing for some day to return home. I mean, that is, that is a slave's prayer, isn't it? A slave's prayer is, Lord, set me free. And he's prayed this for 70 years. He's watched his friend Nebuchadnezzar die. He's watched the kingdom of Babylon fall and a new kingdom of Persia come in and set up a whole new system of government. And God's like, Daniel, you're 85, but I'm not done with you yet. I still have plans for you. Daniel's still serving, still has God's favor. And the question is, how can someone for 70 years hold the line? How can someone for 70 years remain consistent and faithful and retain an excellent spirit? What is the secret to that longevity? What is the secret to having character integrity that goes the distance? How do we finish well? Because here's a secret. Very few finish well. Very few finish well. In Daniel 6, we find the secret of Daniel's success. It begins in verse 6. 
Then these commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the high officials, the governors, have counseled together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who seeks to make a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. So we, we saw Daniel last week lifted up. He is given a promotion in the kingdom. He goes from like governor to president to basically baby emperor. And the other presidents and the other governors are jealous at Daniel's rise. They try to find dirt to pull him down. There's no dirt to be found. They realize the only way to get Daniel is his loyalty to his God must, we must find a way to use his loyalty to God against him. If we can find a way to pit his loyalty against God versus his loyalty to the king, we can get him. So they go to the king with their plan. Oh, king, live forever. King Darius, we have an idea. We want this month of February to be King Darius month. And for King Darius month, everyone should pray only to you. Now, they are polytheists. There's many gods. And the Persians have eaten many peoples. And all these people, peoples have their own gods they worship. But for this, the, 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 the governors and presidents are like, for this one month, no one worships their god. They, we all give you our worship and you our praise. For one month, Darius, you the man. And King Darius is like, this is a good idea. <laughs> There's a, a month every year in October. It's called Pastor Appreciation Month. It's true. It's a good month. Uh, <laughs> I, listen, in that month, I get little cog. I got a gift card Chick-fil-A once. So I was like, oh, dang. It's, it, that, 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 that's, that's, for me, that's a, that's a good little month. There's a teacher appreciation month, isn't there, Miss Lawyer? No. Oh, it's a week? Oh, I'm sorry. You should get a month like I do. Um, <laughs> is it only a week for real? I'm sorry, teachers. You guys deserve more than a week. You deserve more than a week, brother. I'll, I'll write the governor and tell him so, okay? Um, but the Dari, Darius, the, 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 the people are like, Darius, we want, a, we want a King Darius month just for you where everyone will pay homage to your greatness. And he's like, this is a great idea. But what if someone doesn't? What, what's the penalty if you pray to someone besides me? Is it going to be a fine? Is it going to be jail time? Is it a misdemeanor? But oh, no, king. This is, this is a death penalty offense. If you go against King Darius' month, you will be killed. And remember, these presidents and governors, this plan, the point of the plan is to get Daniel. That's the whole point. They want Daniel to suffer. They don't want him to be hung. They don't want his head cut off. They're like, whoever breaks this law should be thrown into the den of lions. The king hears the idea, doesn't know he's being played, and he says, verse 9, Therefore King Darius signed the written document 
That is the injunction. He goes, this is a great idea, and he signs it and turns it into law. The trap is set. These governors and presidents, they have set the trap. They know we have Daniel now. Verse 10. Now when Daniel knew the written document was signed, he entered his house and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Now when, Dave, when Daniel knew the injunction had been signed, meaning Daniel is not ignorant of what's going on at the palace. Daniel is a high official. He's heard the rumors. He knows these enemies of mine are going to pass a law to make it illegal for me to pray to my God. I've been pulled over before, and I've been ignorant of the law. I got pulled over once on the way to Traverse City. I was going to do a wedding up there. And Traverse City, you have to leave the highway, the big freeway, I-75, and go on these little two-lane roads, right? So I'm driving these two-lane roads, and all of a sudden, the lights come on behind me. And I'm like, okay, done. We pull over, and we stop. The cop comes up. He's like, uh, excuse me, sir, do you know how fast you were going? I'm like, yeah. I was going 75. There was a speed limit on this road. I'm like, six to five. He goes, no, it's 55. And I was like, I did not know that. <laughs> but guess what? Ignorance is not a viable defense against the law. I didn't realize I was 20 over, which is a felony, felony territory. I didn't know I was doing wrong, but I was doing really wrong in that moment. Thankfully... He saw my suit hanging in the back of the car, and he goes, what's this? I'm like, I got a wedding. What do you mean you got a wedding? You getting married? I'm like, no, I'm a pastor doing a wedding. He goes, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am. I showed him, I had a marriage license with me. I'm like, yeah, let me go. <laughs> pastor Appreciation Month. No, but uh. <laughs> so I was ignorant. Listen, Daniel is not ignorant. Daniel knows the law's been signed. All he's got to do for 30 days is, you know what? He goes, you know what? For 30 days, I won't pray. For some of us, that's easy, isn't it? For 30 days, I just won't pray. Or maybe I'll pray really sneakily. When I was a brand new Christian at Mott High School, I uh, was a new believer and I wanted to pray, but I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want to fly my colors to everybody. So what I would do, that was so, so, so awesome, I would like knock my fork off the table and I'd be like, thank you, Lord, for this meal. But bam, nobody knew nothing. In secret, no one knows I love Jesus between me and him. Daniel could have played it cool and just either not prayed or prayed really on the down low. But Daniel, he would rather die than miss a prayer meeting with his Lord. And here we learn one of the great truths of who Daniel is as a person. Daniel is a man of prayer. This is how Daniel was able to consistently over 70 years remain enslaved. Longing for home and never returning. Always being on the edge of death from crazy kings who wanted to kill him. Daniel. No matter what happened, 
he was always close to his father through prayer. Listen to what it says here. It says, When Daniel knew that nothing was signed, he entered his house and continued kneeling on his knees three times a day. This is the first thing I want to say is this. Prayer is a choice. Prayer is a choice. We, Daniel had a choice to either pray or not pray, and he chose to pray. Now, in this life, there is no law against us praying. Some Christians like to pretend there are, there are laws against us. I, I've heard most of my life, they took prayer out of schools. No, they haven't. I went to public school my whole life, and guess what? When I finally got some boldness in my heart, me and my friends would pray at our table every day at lunch, and no one ever stopped us. The teacher couldn't lead in prayer, but as students, we could pray together and call the name of the Lord like nobody's business. Prayer is a choice. Now, in, this, in the country we live in, prayer is not illegal, but here's the deal. I'll say this. In this life, in America where we live, we live a very busy life. I guess busy is not the right word. We live a very crowded life. That's a better word. Crowded. There's errands. There's chores. There's so much new TV to watch. There's video games and music and podcasts, entertainment. We're so busy, it's hard to find time to pray. We have to choose to make an effort to seek the Lord. We have to choose to make an effort. We must choose to go to God in prayer. We're told by Jesus himself. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He's the source of our strength, the source of our life, the source of our joy, the source of our power. And many of us are cut off from that source. Prayer is a choice that we must make. We must choose. I am going to make prayer a priority in my life because I need the Lord. There's an old song we used to sing when I was a kid. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Prayer is a choice. We must choose to go to the Lord in prayer. There's more here. Listen to this. We're told. When Daniel knew the written document was signed, he entered his house. He continued kneeling on his knees. He continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying, giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Listen, prayer is a choice. Prayer is also a daily choice. Daniel didn't start praying when the law fell down. He was a man of prayer before the law falls, and he continues to be the same man of prayer he's always been. Every day of his life, three times a day, morning, noon, night, he's going to God in prayer. For many of us, we pray on a very needs basis. For example, when I was... 14, 15, 16 years old, I didn't pray very much. I would live my life, life would get hard and beat me up, and eventually over time, I would run out of strength and I would need the Lord. 
And when I finally was overflowing with pain, at that moment, I would turn to the Lord. It's like driving a car and the engine light comes on. It's fine. The sticker on your windshield says oil change needed. You're like, ah, you know, three months is way too soon. Car starts shaking. And you're like, ah, it's all good. It's probably just mud underneath the stinking tires. That bad boy's coming apart and you're still just driving it like, I don't need to go to the mechanic. And until the tires fall off, we don't think it's a danger. Many of us live our lives this way. We live our lives and we don't turn to God till the wheels of our lives fall off. Prayer is not meant to be an emergency parachute. It's meant to be a relational connection to our Father all the days of our life. When prayer is part of your daily life and the meteor of awfulness strikes your life, guess what? Even though, what does the Bible say? I am am pressed down but not destroyed. How is that possible? It's possible because me and God are so close. When my life gets smoked, the Lord is right there next to me. I know how to get to him. I know how to hear him. I know how to find him because we hang out on the daily. When we first start praying, it's really awkward. When you first start praying, if you can pray for two minutes, you're awesome. When I first started praying, I'd pray for like my mama, my brothers, my friends. Then I'd be like, I'm done. 30 seconds passed. Woo! It felt a lot longer than that, didn't it? When I first got married... I mean, we get married. Um, I was 23 years old, a young guy in some ways. We get married. And I did not know how to be with someone all the time. I was very relationally and emotionally stunted in a lot of ways. And when you get married to someone, they're around a lot. Who knew? Um, <laughs> And so she was always there, and I was always there. And I'm like, so I like these movies? She's like, you already told me that. I'm like, oh, what are we talking about? Like, it was tough. It was tough. Listen, we're 20 years in now. We're 20 years in. We went on a cruise two years ago. And when you go on a cruise sometimes, they have, like, the main dining hall. And the main dining hall is fancy pants. Like, it's like uh, you're supposed to wear, like, khakis and a polo shirt, and uh, there's cloth napkins. And they bring your food in stages. It's kind of awesome. Like salad, then other things, then the main thing, then dessert. It's, it's unreal. The meal takes like two hours. Some people don't go because they don't want to be sitting there for two hours. But me and my wife, we had this four-night cruise. And every night, we'd sit there for two hours, and we would just talk. And there was the conversation never went cold because for 20 years, we've been learning how to be together. For 20 years, we've been learning just, there's been this, like, this sweetness, this joyfulness, this lovingness between us, and it just makes it so easy to talk. She's my best friend, you know? As you talk to the Lord over time, just like that, our marriage, you learn to talk to him. From, like, I've been praying to the Lord now for 25, oh, geez, 32 years. I know, I'm old. I've been talking to the Lord for 32 years. I'll tell you something right now. I love, I absolutely adore finding a good block of an hour to sit with God and rest in Him. When I was young, I couldn't imagine an hour with the Lord. What do you talk about? 
You know? But after all these years, I wasn't here New Year's Eve. You might have noticed I was not here. I went away on a prayer retreat where all I did was read and pray, and it was a joy. There would have been no TV but the lines. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was almost a real prayer retreat. Anyways, um, so here I say to you, do you pray on the daily? And I would encourage you. I would take prayer and attach it to a normal part of your life in order so that prayer can become this daily part of your routine. I had a lady tell me at first service. She said, Pastor, I, I turn my radio off when I get in the car in the morning, and me and God talk my whole ride to work. So every day on the way to work, her and God are talking. For me in my personal life, I pray when I walk the dog. My dog is never going to give me a day off. Tomorrow, Monday's my day off. I want to sleep in. The Lord knows I want to sleep in. But at 7 in the morning, so I get up. We go on a walk. But you know what? I go on a walk. I used to go headphones. I used to go listen to the Bible for my dog walk. But now... I go, no headphones, just the silence of the morning and the darkness, and me and the Lord just talk. I encourage you. I have a buddy of mine who works at the shop, and for him, at lunch, he leaves the shop, goes to his car, eats his sandwich, eats his pudding you know, cup thing, and that's when he prays the Lord. Take time with God and attach it to something you already do that becomes part of your daily routine. We need to pray daily. We need to pray on the daily. So prayer is a choice. Prayer is a daily choice. Listen to this, though. Listen to this. It says this. Now, when Daniel knew the document was signed, he entered the house, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day. Kneeling on his knees three times a day. When Daniel prayed, his posture was down on his knees. Why? Can, okay, do you have to kneel to pray? No. I told you a lady prays in the car. Um, I pray walking the dog. But we are physical creatures, and posture does matter. And the posture of kneeling is a posture of humility. It's saying, you are the great king, O Lord. I kneel before you. To kneel is to say, you are greater and I am less. When I first moved from Flint to Waterford, I got in a fight my first week of school. Me and this kid got in a fight in art class. I'm walking home, and that kid I beat up in art class was there with like 10 of his friends, and I knew I was getting jumped that day. Now, I couldn't run because they'd come after me, so I just, I'm, I'm going to walk and take my beating. So I walk into this crowd of kids, and they're all waiting for me. I give my coat to my brothers. I go home. I don't want you to see me take a beating. And the, the ringleader said, tell you what, Ernesto, if you kneel down and kiss this kid's shoe, we won't beat you up. If you kneel down and kiss this kid's shoe, we won't beat you up. And I'm just like, listen, guys, these are brand new pants. And so they beat the crap out of me. Because <laughs> I was like, I ain't kneeling for nobody because I'm a proud individual. But here's the deal. With all the pride that is in me, 
I will kneel before the Lord. Because to kneel before the Lord, prayer is it's choosing to be humble. It's choosing to be humble before the Lord. It's choosing to say, you know what? I don't know everything. I'm not all powerful. I'm not in control. I need help. You are the king. I am not. I kneel before you. In the Bible, there's even further than kneeling. Sometimes in the Bible, you'll read people will lay down fully on their faces for the Lord. They lay down as if dead before God. And that is a position, that's a posture like, Lord, I need you. I bury my face before you. You are great and I need you. It's a posture of humility. I get asked probably at least once a month this question. Someone will ask me, Pastor, am I allowed to ask God for help in my job? Am I allowed to ask God for help in the surgery? Am I allowed to ask God to help me find a job? And the answer I give is the same. It's always yes. It's not selfish to ask God for help. Listen, it reveals humility. God, I need your help. I can't do it on my own. I need your wisdom. I had a mentor of mine who wants you to tell me, whenever you, whenever you don't pray, whenever you don't pray to God, you're telling God, God, I got this. I got this, Lord. Don't worry about it. I'll carry this. I'm strong enough. We're not strong enough. We can pray for the little things and the big things. We should pray for the little things. Listen. <laughs> I pray for things so little you wouldn't believe it. My dog's afraid of getting her nails cut. Took her to the nail groomer. She bit the nail groomer. Stinking dog. But she was afraid of getting her nails cut. So I'm like, Lord, please help me know how to be wise with my dog. Uh, years ago, my daughter couldn't take medicine by mouth. She couldn't swallow it. You know, she's a little girl. And she'd cry. And when she would try to help her, she just couldn't get the medicine down her throat. I remember one night I'm praying, I'm so frustrated, I'm annoyed. I'm like, Lord, help my daughter learn how to swallow medicine. I didn't know what to do. And I was praying about it, and the Lord gave me the craziest idea. The Lord is real. As I was praying, the Lord put in my mind a picture. I'm like, it was a weird, it was like, I'm praying, and all of a sudden, all I see is a package of orange Tic Tacs. And I'm like, does my breath stink? What, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And then I was like, I, so I went to the store, bought Tic Tac, I came back, I'm like, Lena, take this Tic Tac and try to swallow it. And we started with Tic Tacs, learning how to swallow. Now she, she ate a whole thing of Tic Tacs, swallowed all of them. But now she can take medicine. I prayed for that. It's a little thing I prayed for. It was a small thing. It wasn't world changing. It was our little family and my little girl. God helped my daughter learn how to swallow medicine. And the Lord was kind to us in that moment. Prayer is it's a, it's a choice to be humble before the Lord. It's a choice to humble yourself. And lastly, it says here this, listen, it says, he was praying and giving thanks before his God. Prayer is asking, it is. We're allowed to say, God, I need you. But prayer is also choosing to thank the Lord. It's not just gimme, gimme, gimme. It's thank you, thank you, thank you. Daniel is a slave. What does he have to be thankful for? 
But I tell you what, his whole life he's seen God save him time and time again, hasn't he? Even though he's a slave, he lives in the palace. God, thank you so much. I'm an 85-year-old man. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my life. Thank you for this position I have of authority. Thank you for, thank you for favor. Thank you for all the things you've given me, Lord. Even as his enemies conspire to kill him, he's praising his Lord. Now, every one of us here, people ask me sometimes, what do I have to be thankful for? Every one of us, look at our life and color it with one crayon. It was all bad. I could look at my childhood, growing up on the east side of the city, growing up poor with no father, the violence, the instability, the pain. I could say my life was terrible. God, where were you? I could, I could color it badly. But the fact of the matter is, even with all the pain, that there was pain back then. Even with all the pain that was back then, the Lord, there was grace even in the pain. God gave me a mama who loved me. That was a blessing. God gave me two brothers who are my best friends. That's a blessing. Even going from Flint made me tough as nails. It's a blessing. We could say it's all bad, but it's not all bad. There are reasons to be thankful. And Daniel, as he prays, he's always thanking the Lord. As you pray to the Lord, in that time, as you seek the Lord's face, it is a time to ask for help. It's also a time to praise him for his answered prayer. Listen. Here at Flint City Church, we were in eight buildings in seven years. I said, we'll never be able to afford a building. Ever, ever, ever. The Lord literally gave us this building for zero dollars. Not only that, the people who gave us the building last year, they gave it to us. They said, here's the building, and we want to give you, we want to pay all the bills for you for one year. All the utilities, all the heat, all the water. And I was like, okay. Like, I'm like, that's a great idea. There's reasons to be thankful. As a church family, individual, in your world, in your story, as you pray, humble yourself with requests, but also be, have gratitude in your heart to God who has been good to you. He has been good to you. He's been good to every one of us in his own ways. I used to make this joke all the time, this stupid joke I'd make. It wasn't a joke, I was just talking trash, because I talk a lot of trash in my life. I would sometimes say, we can't do this because we're poor. I don't know why, I just say it, because we live in Flint Town, and I have friends who do better than I do financially. So I would say this line, and one day my daughter and I, we're out working at the Carriage Town, and we're helping this homeless guy get moved into his new apartment, and it's a real, it's kind of a hard place to move into, and his place is kind of beat up, and the furniture he has is very awesome, and we get them all moved in, and we're leaving. And my sweet daughter just goes, Dad, I'm like, yeah. She's like, you shouldn't say we're poor because we're not poor. God has been good to us. And I was like, dang. <laughs> like, she just beat me up. But she was right, though. I was talking, I was, I, was, I was looking at the negative, like I have friends who have so much more than me, and I wasn't realizing how good God had been to our family. So, 
Be thankful. Have gratitude in your heart to the Lord. Daniel is a man of prayer. Three times a day, seeking God, asking God for help, thanking God. And what happens? Verse 12, well, verse 11. These men came by agreement. They found Daniel seeking a petition and making supplication before his God. They see him praying. Verse 12, then they came near and said before the king, concerning the king's injunction, did you not sign an injunction that any man who seeks to make a petition to any God or man besides you, O king, for 30 days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king answered and said, the word is certain, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. They come and say, king, didn't you sign a law saying it's King Darius month? He goes, you better believe it's King Darius month. And they said, Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, but keeps seeking to make a petition three times a day. So therefore, you got to kill Daniel. They got him. The trap has been sprung. Daniel is going to die. And that's going to be next week. Let's go ahead and pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for this day, for this time, for Daniel and his inspiration to us. He loved you, O oh Lord. He sought your face every day. And in him we find motivation, an invitation, O oh Lord, to seek your face. As we live, leave this place and go into our day and into our, our weeks, let us purpose in our hearts to seek you on the daily, to desire to know you day by day and moment by moment. So thank you so much, Father, for your kindness. We ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said,